0: The biggest thing is having an agent or broker like us that knows what you're doing, that knows the Amazon space, that knows the e-com space, that knows what sourcing is, that knows what drop shipping is, like those types of things that you are doing on a day-to-day basis, a normal mom and pop um, agent down the road or these online companies that are popping up all over everywhere saying that you can get a policy for 20 bucks. They don't know what you're doing. They don't know how you're sourcing. They don't know They don't know your business.
1: Is your Amazon private label business set to survive the downturn? Most sellers don't know. Surviving a downturn means squeezing out more profits and slashing waste. But many sellers don't know exactly where their business is making or losing money. If that's you, we can help. Our new quick assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. For a quick but powerful diagnosis of your biggest issue, just go to AmazonProfitQuiz.com. That's AmazonProfitQuiz.com to get your free instant analysis. Ladles and jelly spoons, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven and eight figure Amazon private label sellers. And uh, specifically today, we are talking about insurance. Not something most people get excited about, but it's one of those things where you just ignore it for a while. It seems like a non-entity and then suddenly it's really important and it can shut down your business and then it becomes not very exciting yet. So it's one of those things we have to really take care of. And the perfect person to take care of it today for us, Ashton Haddon, who has been an expert in and focused on delivering Amazon insurance for several years. Welcome back to the show. Good to have you back.
0: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, Imagine. nobody wants to talk about it. And so there's a claim. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Let's talk about it now.
1: <laughs> yeah, insurance is one of those things, isn't it? That, that everyone wants to ignore it. And But I think it's part of being a professional business person that you don't just deal with stuff when it becomes a crisis and your business has nearly gone down the tubes, but that you see it coming and make sure it isn't going to happen in the first place, which is hopefully what we can do for people listening. So even Absolutely. if you haven't had a disaster with the insurance recently, why don't we keep it that way for you. So that's my main sort of pitch today. Tell us about insurance on Amazon. First of all, what's the latest state of play? Do we really have to have it? Is it a big deal? Are there scary things going on? Take, yeah, date us up here. It's,
0: it changes daily, Michael. It uh, when I Last week I came out and Amazon said, hey, we're changing this rule again. And now you have to have a $0 deductible. And then yesterday I got an email. I went and hot, fought hard to Amazon about this whole $0 deductible. And we got an email yesterday from Amazon headquarters that said you win <laughs> and they removed the zero dollar deductible. So it's ever changing. That's why you got to follow the podcast and things like to you or your team to make sure that you're staying up on the news. So as of today, here's the new rules. <laughs> if you are selling $10,000 a month in consecutive sales, then you have to have a general liability policy with product liability. So what that means is you have to cover what you do or say as a business and what your products do to harm someone else. So let's say I'm selling this lip balm and I say this lip balm in my listing, this lip balm is gonna make your lips look so plump. And I buy this and it doesn't make my lips plump and I sue you for false advertisement. That's gonna be general liability. That's what you do or say as a business. Then if I put this lip balm on and now I have allergic reaction, my lips swell and I have bumps and all of these kinds of things, that's product liability. That's going to be what your products do to harm someone else. So Amazon came out and said, you have to have both of these. You have to have a million dollars in general liability with products liability then they came out and said, not only did you have to have this, but then you had to have that $0 deductible. That went to the wayside yesterday. So now you don't have to have that. So you just need to have a general liability with product liability currently. If you are a pro seller selling more than $10,000 a month in sales.
1: Okay. A pro Um, seller. I like that word as opposed to uh, (laughs) amateur seller. Yeah. yeah, That's one way of putting it. Okay. So that's for for most established sellers and that is the the target listeners of the show. Although plenty of people listen who are just starting out because they get in touch with me sometimes, but is that it? it? If you still are
0: under that 10,000, you still should have insurance.
1: Okay. Tell us more about that. Amazon's not going
0: to suspend you. So still do it if you or just a brand new seller, you should have your policy in place before you ship your first item. Because that first item could be the one that causes an injury that is gonna end up getting you sued. So we have a lot of sellers who say, I don't sell anything risky. I only sell unrisky products. We have had a claim where a guy was shipping an item. The owner of the item tripped over the box. He sued Amazon. He sued UPS. I'm sorry, USPS and he sued our seller. If this seller didn't have insurance, they would have had to pay that out of pocket. And it was over $30,000 in legal fees. So just because you're not selling 10,000 a month, or just because you think that you're selling something risky, doesn't mean that you're not at risk for still being
1: sued. Yeah, that does make sense. And I think one of the things about whether you're in the frame or not is one of those questions that's decided by a judge. Ultimately, just because you think you shouldn't be doesn't mean you're not. And as a CJ Rosenbaum, who I think does does expert expert lawyer in they specialize in Amazon sellers, and he says, "Yeah, basically, if somebody gets hurt, everybody gets sued." It's it's the simple my simple version, and don't (laughs) sue me, CJ, for (laughs) misrepresentation. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And we're talking about the United States here, which is a famously (laughs) litigious country. But just to clarify, uh, do these things apply outside the US, or is the US the only thing that you focus on? The Amazon.com.
0: So you would. You're, you have to sell on .com, but then we can add what's called worldwide coverage, which would cover products that are shipped overseas. So it's not going to cover the .eu site; it's only going to cover the .com site, but .com shipped anywhere in the world.
1: Okay. So, so we are basically winning. talking specifically to people who are selling in the US, wherever they're Correct. based, presumably. Okay. I would say that uh, if you're selling in Europe and you're not sure, then this could be your spur to go and check what the policies are. I suspect they're going to be pretty similar. Amazon, like most American companies, tends to uh, treat the rest of the world as a sort of subsidiary of American company. But a sense. lot of so, our so, sellers yeah.
0: overseas still sell on the dot-com platform. Exactly, this yeah, would cover the sales on the dot-com platform, even if you are based in Europe
1: makes sense yeah yep. okay so there's no such thing as an unrisky product <laughs> and presumably <laughs> tell me about the cost <laughs> side the cost must be the thing that puts people off and when you're just starting up you've got to keep a well, we've always got to keep an eagle eye on costs but let alone when you're just starting up and you've got very little cash flow and a lot of outgoings so what's the real this is like how long a piece of string but give me a sense here if i'm just selling a $1000 a month of what i think of as an unrisky product what sort of range of from and yeah. to am i going to be paying in insurance premiums
0: So a lot of the price depends on what you're selling, where you're sourcing from, and how much of it you're selling. So there's, we consider a couple of buckets. So you've got your R.A.O.A. wholesalers, you know, those who are just reselling other people's products in one bucket. Then you have more of your private label, white label in another bucket. If you're just reselling other people's products, you're not changing the branding, you're not changing the label, it's not your company, depending on how much you're selling, you could have a policy that's $400 to $600 a year. So it could be very inexpensive. Some of our carriers even break it down where you can pay monthly. So you could get a policy started for 40, 50 bucks and have a million dollars in coverage right off the gate. Now, the more you sell, the more products that you're putting into the hands of the consumers, which makes it more risky, which makes the price go up. So if you're a brand new seller, it's going to be cheaper than if you're doing a million dollars in sales. So don't come to me and say I'm doing a million dollars in sales, Ashley, and you told me I could do it for forty bucks. It's not going to work that way. But if you're brand new and you don't have a whole lot of sales, you could be in that range. Now, if you're doing private label and white label, things could get more expensive. If I'm private labeling a cup, I could be five hundred dollars a year. If I'm private labeling a fidget spinner with the knives on, like knives on the end of it. Yeah, that's not. That's going to be expensive. So it really depends on what you're selling and how much of it you're selling. But you could get a policy for four hundred to six hundred dollars a year, and that's a million dollars in general liability and a million dollars in product liability.
1: Okay. So relative to the size of the insurance, I guess it's not that crazily expensive because the chance of you getting sued are relatively low, right? It happens and when it does, it's pretty nuclear, but then it doesn't happen that often like, relative to the number of sales of cups or whatever it is we're talking right. about. So tell me a bit about the relationship between the number of sales and the premium, because I guess I'm bringing it down to the numbers because I perceive that's probably the reason people don't bother to. Either they think they don't need to, or which hopefully we have burn out of the water, but or they just don't think it's affordable, which is totally understandable. So is it a linear relationship? So if I sell 100 cups a month, it's going to cost me 50 bucks to a month to insurance. And if I sell 5,000 bucks a month, it's like 100 times more or how does that yeah, work? So it's
0: all based on the sales number. So it's not the amount of products that you're moving, it's the amount of sales that are coming in. So $100,000 in sales is going to be cheaper than a million dollars in sales. So it's, again, all consistent on what you're selling and where you're sourcing from. You're sourcing from the United States, it's going to be cheaper than if you're sourcing from China. Unfortunately, that's just the risk. Insurance goes down to it's so crazy when I got into insurance. The actuaries who go through and dive into where claims are and how claims are affected, like they know down to the zip code that who has more claims. They go down to what product has more claims. Like down to we know on in this zip code in Indiana, there's been $6.6 million in claims on products that are. Installed by the consumers, shower heads and things like that. Like they, they, they know so much information and that's what they use to make your prices is how, what is the risk? How many claims have there been on these types of products?
1: Yeah. Uh, actors are strange people i happen to one of our neighbors is an actor because the area i live in north london is full of sort of people who work in the city of london yeah <laughs> they have an interesting way of looking at life he's not I actually do. an actor anymore <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a former actor i think but he's extraordinarily blunt he's austrian anyway and they tend to be more blunt than most nations but he's extraordinarily blunt when we talk about he was an expert in life insurance so obviously he's you stood in with death and how long people live. He's not a great person to take to a party. Or on the other hand, he's a great person to take to a party because he'll say something <laughs> shocking. It's a bit like having house. Do You ever watch House, MD? Yes. It's a bit like having house around it, it's great. He goes to say something inappropriate, but joking apart, I guess like they're the experts in the detail of it and they crunch the numbers. So uh, just to try and get a handle on this, obviously, the only thing people can really do to get a proper answer is go and get a quote, which obviously we'll give them the means to do at the end of the show. But uh, just to get a rough idea, if I sell, say, $500 worth of cups versus $5 million worth of cups, is it just literally the premium going to go up absolutely proportionate to the amount of dollar sales? Is it as simple as that?
0: It is pretty simple as that. They don't give us a rate... For those types of things, so it's not like Mm -hmm. it's a dollar per thousand, but if you go from (laughs) 500 to a million, you're going to go from probably a $500 policy to a $5,000 policy.
1: Okay. So it's not exactly a linear relationship, but yeah, it sounds like common sense. And I suppose I'm trying to break it down in the way that we think as e-commerce sellers, which is units and cost per unit right. kind of thing. And of course, that's not how it works, exactly. <laughs> but I'm trying to get a handle. So what else do we need to think about with insurance? Is it yeah. as simple as you've got to have it, go and get one and that's it, or are there are the nuances we should be looking at?
0: Obviously, go get it. Don't get suspended if you're hitting those, that $10,000 mark. But what I try to explain to people is, Be smart about the products that you're picking. A lot of sellers just pick whatever they can make a buck on. And unfortunately, you have to think about how crazy Americans are and how sue happy and litigious we are and not only what the product is used for, but how it can be misused. So, for example, I always try to say there's six things that I would try to stay away from if you can, unless the ROI is really great anything that goes on the body, your topicals and makeups and those types of things, anything that goes in the body, stay away from supplements. Guys, unless you have an insurance policy, do not sell a supplement. So on the body, in the body, for a child, anything that's going in the mouth of a child, stay away from. Anything that goes around the the neck of a child, stay away from. Anything the child can sleep on, stay away from. Don't sell bassinets and cribs and high chairs and things like that without an insurance policy. For some reason, we like our kids and we sue like crazy when our kids get hurt. Pet products, if it is a product that is ingested by a pet, I would stay away from those. And any type of like outdoor exercise equipment, resistance bands, weights, those kinds of things I would stay away from. So on the body, in the body, for a pet or a child or exercise equipment, stay away from those unless you have an insurance policy.
1: Okay. So assume we do have an insurance policy. Would you still advise staying away from them for financial reasons or for liability reasons? Or what's your thinking? How does your thinking change there?
0: If you have insurance, that's what insurance is for, but be just be smart about it. If you're going to private label a product, be darn sure that you realize that if you have a claim that you are up a creek. So just be smart about it while you're outsourcing. And I give people my Facebook message, like my Facebook account, if you're outsourcing and you see something and you're like, man, I wonder what, what this would do, take a picture of it. Shoot it to me on Facebook and say, hey, Ashton, what you think? And I will be very honest with you. I will be like, absolutely not. Stay away. Don't do it. (laughs) Or yeah, I'm fine with that. Not a problem. So be smart about it and think about how people can misuse your product.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting way to think about it. And it's different from the marketing way of thinking. My my dad was a lawyer, so I can understand this. I would say that, lawyers, and it sounds like a similar way of looking at things, have a great place in a business discussion. It's the waterproofing against bad things happening stage. Probably not the person to speak to you when you're first trying to start a business full stop because you <laughs> might just never do anything. I remember making the mistake of taking the odd sort of simple contracts of employment to my dad and he just changed like 25 things. And of course, they took it back and the employers were really annoyed and it was totally unnecessary. So yeah, they, you, you can over-engineer these things, can't you? But Right. I would say that but talking about the financial side and insurance is a real cost and as you say it scales to some degree proportionate to sales as in dollar sales or whatever it is dollars in this case we're talking today aren't we given that let's talk about the financial implications i know that one of my i'm talking about half the things you're talking about i'm like yeah all oh, my clients are doing that oh yeah they're doing that <laughs> children check topicals and yeah supplements yes <laughs> pet products yes a lot of my clients have done pretty well with that my friend one of the guys in the, the mastermind sold a business for seven figures recently that was all pet products so clearly people can make a success of this but and Absolutely. one of the warning shots from the mastermind is that somebody got charged an astronomic premium, or at least they got quoted one for baby products that aren't actually doing big numbers. Is that something you think is going to be, what, how does that factor in? How's the financial side factor in of the premium? Yes. Yeah, so
0: cost? in insurance, if you're private labeling, there are things called minimum premium. So it doesn't matter if you sell a thousand dollars or if you sell a million dollars, there's a minimum floor that some carriers have. So in baby products, typically the minimum floor on a private label baby products is between 5000 and 7500 So again, depending on what carrier you use, if you're brand new, it still is going to be that floor premium. baby. Like I said, baby products are tough. They pursue all the time of baby products. So again, just make sure your ROI is there. What I try to get people to understand is like when you're fairly new at this and that $5,000 premium Take that $5,000 premium divided by the units that you're selling, and it might be $4 a unit. And if you have to increase your price by $4 a unit, then increase your price by $4 a unit. I know that's not ideal, but if you're first starting out, sometimes that's what you have to do to get through your first year. Then the next year, then you might have the funds to just pay for the policy outright. But I'm telling you, going without insurance is going to bite you in the butt. At some point, because attorneys yeah. in the u s are over five hundred dollars an hour, yeah.
1: so yeah, the good you're ones here a are couple as well hours. yeah yeah L- London- based attorneys are no cheaper, I can say a lot of the big law firms in London are now being taken over by the Americans, and they're pushing their salaries up to an insane degree as Americans tend to when they get involved in these things, so yeah it's no cheaper here, and the other thing I would say is this, just a very practical point of view, most people I've ever worked with these clients. I haven't sued myself, my friends who sell on and Most people don't get sued most of the time. However, I must know 30 people personally, never mind people I've spoken to on podcasts, who've sold their businesses. And I do know a lot of people that if they've not sorted the legals out, then their business becomes harder to sell or there's lots of money kept back, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And I know a couple of businesses in that situation and, and an open liability from five years of selling before they take it over is an extremely unattractive thing. So I would just say from the business selling point of view, for me, it all comes down to the dollars and cents. It's funny, isn't it? You're saying this is a risk. I'm like, yeah, but tell me about the money. So for me, that's a great reason to get insurance. But equally, I take your point about the sort of minimums. For me, what I would say is don't go into a market with a very high minimum insurance premium, unless you're going to sell significant numbers of units. In other words, that's probably not something for a sort of startup business to do. I would suggest, and baby certainly seems to be very expensive. That's about the sort of numbers that I've heard coming back. Yeah. Tell me a bit about the other areas then that, that are quite popular. Uh, what about supplements or things that go in the body? Is there a sort of minimum number that you'd associate with the premium Same for Same thing
0: there. So you're looking at at least 5,000 on a private label type of supplement. And then to piggyback on what you just said with getting out if you're selling, we do also do a lot of e-com sellers who are selling their business and there's insurance against your buy-sell agreements. So when you go in to sell your business, that company who wants to buy you wants to make sure that there is no liabilities. And if there is a liability and a claim that comes up in the past or in the, from something that you sold in the past that happens in the future, there are insurance policies for that too. So if you are looking to sell your business and you're listening to this podcast, let us know also, because there's also a different type of insurance for that.
1: Great. Um, That makes a lot of sense. And can I just ask on that one then, say, for example, that you weren't so much worried about getting sued in the future from the new buyer of the business, and you probably should, but let's assume that you'd put that to one side or you've dealt with that through insurance. What about the situation where a buyer wants to buy your company, but you didn't have insurance and you were selling, say, I don't know, pet supplements where your dog could die or baby clothes or whatever. Can the buyer buy an insurance policy to indemnify themselves and thus enable the deal to go ahead? Is that a kind of situation that you deal with? Typically,
0: the buyer is going to push that back on the seller to pay for. But yes, there's a buyer side of the insurance policy and there is a seller side of the insurance policy. But mostly, if you're my buyer business, I'm going to make you buy that policy for me, but it's there for either way you want to go.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. It it strikes me similar in the real estate market. So we bought a property a while ago where I think there's something petty, like they put wooden flooring in and they shouldn't have done because it was against the terms of the lease. And they got an insurance policy such that if somebody turned around and said, you have to turn it back into carpeted flooring, There's that would be covered. And every- that enabled us, <laughs> yeah, that was an insurance product that enabled the deal to go ahead. So we knew that we weren't no. going to be liable for $20,000 or whatever it was of work in the future, said so somebody bothered to turn around and do that. And equally that the seller actually could sell the property. So it strikes me as a similar thing. It's getting around a, an issue using insurance as a sort of enabling tool, actually, which seems really cool. So it's good to know that works. And yeah. actually, I wasn't aware that such a thing existed. As soon as you said it, I thought, oh, it sounds really obvious yeah. that it would exist. So that's really good to know about.
0: I think so- the biggest thing is having an agent or broker like us that knows what you're doing, that knows the Amazon space, that knows the e-com space, that knows what sourcing is that? Knows what drop shipping is like those types of things that you are doing on a day to day basis. A normal mom and pop um, agent down the road, or these online companies that are popping up all over everywhere, saying that you can get a policy for twenty bucks. They don't know what you're doing. They don't know how you're sourcing. They don't know. They don't know your business, and they don't know Amazon. And I think that's the biggest thing that I, if I could say one thing to your listeners is make sure you have an agent that knows what you are doing so they can build a policy that protects you the right way. If you're going to be selling in a couple of years, your agent needs to know that so we can have an occurrence policy versus a claims-made policy, those types of things. So just be darn sure that you have someone who has your best interest at heart and not just these one of these online companies. Don't risk your livelihood and your business's livelihood for $20 a month it's not worth it
1: yeah i would say it's funny how i guess a lot of e-commerce sellers but because of the nature of the beast are a positive materialist a bit like my wife you can't see it or touch it it doesn't exist and therefore because insurance is intangible it seems ah it doesn't matter i've just got to tick that box and move on as opposed to physical products but it's the same thing which is to say if you buy a product that's lousy because it's cheap then you're going to get one-star reviews on amazon and it all melts down and equally if you buy insurance that's cheap and it doesn't cover you then your business might be unsellable or you're going to just pay for it later as you said with a sort of Retrospective insurance right. policy. So I would say, if you think of your business as a product which you want to sell, which a lot of the serious people that I work with do these days, quite rightly, I think, then you just need to not go cheap on your product sourcing. I think it's want to be as that. a business,
0: act like a real business.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the <laughs> thing is, just just the other thing is this that mentality that I see a lot, and I think it comes into the insurance area. I've seen quite a lot uh, along with other things. Can I get away with this? Look, if you're just going to do it as a side hustle for a couple of years and then that's it let it fizzle out then maybe you can but if you're actually trying to create a real business you're going to have more and more exposure to the authorities who might investigate you as you say more and more the risk of being sued is a legal risk but then also hopefully you're going to actually want to get properly paid for it and uh, that's the sale and that point you're going to be pulled over by all the lawyers in the world and they are ruthless (laughs) people. So yeah, it's the sort of proofing your business against being examined by experts. So obviously, as you say, you need a broker that knows the Amazon space. You clearly know everything about this area. I eat and sleep and
0: breathe Amazon now.
1: Yeah, you (laughs) are doing the whole thing. My sympathies, I'm in the same boat. I don't know Um, how
0: you guys do this. but yeah.
1: If people want to check out your services, then they go to ecom.insure I think is the right place. What do you do there? Do you just have a a chat to people? Is it just purely online? There's all kinds
0: of information there on the different types of products you can actually click on the application there's a drop down do you do private label do you not do private label do you need workers comp insurance all of the different types of products there and then we also have new that just launched this quarter is our vip program anyone who is a client of ours gets entered into the vip program and it has a ton of different resources for third-party sellers that have discounts so cj that you talked about If you're a client of ours, he gives you a $300 off any type of reinstatement services. There's 60 on there now. We've got 20 more in the making. So every person who is a client of ours gets into this program too, where you're going to get all kinds of discounts with other types of third-party vendors
1: sounds like we've got lots and lots of different sort of bonuses for being a member of your sort of tribe of insurees, as it were. (laughs) Yeah, that's really smart. And by the way, I should advertise the same thing because we must have like about 100 sort of uh, such sort of uh, relationships with different service providers like Let's you guys and we're always offering discounts on the on the podcast but i should make sure that my clients know that they can get them as well so it's a very good point but that's that sounds like a very worthwhile thing to have and people like cj are really worth having in your corner for when things inevitably go a bit funny and i think you've also got a downloadable sort of cheat sheet info sheets yep. tell me tell us more about that
0: that kind of just breaks down the different coverages
1: i know just remember what it was in it we can get it at amazingfba.com S U R E if you're not sure how to spell insure. And <laughs> you never know. It always strikes with I spelling out simple words. I'm like, yeah, should somebody be selling on Amazon? He can't spell the word insure, but you never know. So I'll put it out there. Uh, AmazingFBA.com forward slash insure and there's a bunch of information about the different types of coverage there so really informative really yeah really (laughs) what i think is good is that it's forcing people to just think in a slightly more what's the word structured grown-up is the word i use that's very patronizing business-like way and i think that's really healthy i'm massively in favor of anything that gets people to think about their business in a business-like way rather than treating it like a side hustle when you're doing a million dollars a year and it's no longer the right thinking so that's great stuff are there any other questions that i didn't ask you that i should have
0: no but Feel free to reach out to me on Facebook, Ashlyn D. Haddon, or just Ashlyn D. Haddon's fine. Or you can do Ashlyn Protects My Assets is our business page if you would like to reach out there. But feel free to add me on my personal page. Reach out anytime with any questions. Put the questions below and I'll hop on here and take a look also. So don't ever hesitate to reach out. We're here for you guys. Anytime. That's
1: great. Excellent. And I like the fact that you're about protecting the asset. That's really good. And the bigger your business is and the more difficult the environment we operate in is then I think the more we need to think about protection, not just growth. It's going right. to obsession, growth of revenue, revenue. I'm like, yeah, but have you protected that? Are you going to still have that next year? So right. insurance is part of that policy, isn't it? I like that exactly. a lot. Good. Like, it's been a a place to catch up as always. Uh, Making insurance fun. Maybe you should have that as your tagline. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) uh, (laughs) It's been good fun. And also, yeah, I think a a good reality check for quite a lot of people, particularly about the categories and the minimum insurance premium number for me is a bit of a wake up call. And that sort of the canary in the gold miners... was in the coal mine rather was my client the other month for getting a, a quote like that but that sounds like that wasn't an exceptional weird that's just the standard thing so that's a real wake-up call for me that's one of my takeaways so if you're listening hopefully you got your own takeaways from today and do reach out to ashley or as you said comment on any of the facebook or other posts as well so just remains for me to say ashley thank you so much for coming on to the show and sharing your wisdom today
0: thank you for having me appreciate it